1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. Today I'm talking with Florence Ann Romano. She is the Windy City Nanny and has been a nanny for over 15 years. She is an author, philanthropist, and web series star host who has always had a special place in her heart for children. Florence Ann, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to be with you. Thanks for having me. So what started you becoming a nanny in the first place?
2: I always say that um, it really happened probably when I was a little girl. I, I used to ask my mom to take me to the to the uh, toy store to buy baby dolls to get my baby, and um, I'd come home and make birth certificates for all of them. I mean, I just loved children from the time I was a child myself, so um, I just kind of grew up always knowing, knowing I wanted to be a babysitter, and so I did. I became like a mother's helper that then, you know, that transformed. You know transpired into me being a babysitter, and then I eventually became a nanny uh, and it just kind of uh, happened naturally I, but I took all the the appropriate steps I would say to kind of get the training I needed. I started as a mother's helper at the age of eleven.
1: Well this is um, you know is it is it uh, odd for somebody to want to to be a nanny like it's not really something I think that you hear is a career choice out there
2: no you're right i don't think um a lot of people you know wake up and say, "Oh, I want my career to be a nanny and uh in my in I think my experience that probably is a lot of people 's experience that their love of children just kind of morphed into a bit of a career for them and you know I was a nanny for fifteen years and then you know now on the other side of it you know I, I wrote a children 's book and I'm able to you know help you know families through my web series and 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 you know different um, you know um consultant opportunities and things like that. Um, So I never knew where it was going to go. But I do think that a lot of the problem we have uh, when it comes to nannies today is the fact that people get into this business thinking it's just something they'll do till something better comes along. And that's not the real reason you should be in it. Taking care of children and helping a family is very hard and it's very serious. Um, And so I feel that we're seeing more and more of that today as people are deciding what it is they want to do for their quote-unquote actual career. But that was
1: never my case. I always was in it because it was something I loved. Well, Ed, I I love the way that you said that. Um, you know, because I I think that a lot of time childcare isn't given the the importance that it. it it needs I mean this is a, a life in in your hands, but also there needs to be some learning and education and and it's actually very, very hard. Um, most parents that are staying home tell me it would probably be easier if they're going to work. It just costs more, mm-hmm. especially if they have more than two children um, or more than one child really um, but you know it's it's seen as something that's kind of frivolous oh you're just home all day, so why are you tired or why can't you get that done? Right. And I, and I hate hearing that from, you know, even
2: just, just moms and, you know, nannies and dads. and In general, there's this, this kind of shaming that goes on within this industry where, you know, the moms who stay at home shame the moms who have the nanny or vice versa. And like you said, so many parents say, oh, my gosh, it would be so much easier for me to go to work than do the job at home. And the truth is, unless you experience both those things, it's hard to know really what that's like, and not everybody has that experience in this world where you know what it's like to be in the workforce and you know what it's like uh, to stay at home. You know, that those that do have kind of led those dual lives can speak to that, um, but I, I also think it, it it just begs, you know, the the idea and the subject matter of, again, that shaming and why we're not supporting each other more through child care and whatever the values are of your home and what you decide to employ in your home for child care. And it's so expensive these days, like you said. Uh, and, you know, when you're weighing, you know, what you should do going back to work or staying home or hiring a nanny or putting them in daycare or doing a nanny share, there's so many different options for you, but there's dollar signs that are attached to that, and that's not going away. It's only getting more expensive. So figuring out what works for your family is a very important conversation.
1: Um, which is, I, I definitely agree with you, and it is becoming more expensive as we're starting to bring a little bit more awareness to the value of, of child care. Um, it, it's actually quite difficult. I had somebody in my office the other day who was like, well, I have two kids, so um, for me to work would would cost um, us more than if I was at home or it would just pay for the daycare. Mm-hmm. And um, I have mm-hmm. to decide if that's worth leaving my children with somebody else. Right. And, and, and that's a very
2: real uh, crisis for a family trying to figure out what could they, even, you know, what's their salary going to be? And is that salary going to go completely toward childcare? Now, a person may decide that that's worth it, that them going to work is to pay for that childcare completely is, is worth it because they want to work or it's important for them um, in order to be the best version of themselves, to be the best mom or to be the best dad, to have that outlet, you know, and I, I, as a nanny, was never there to judge, and I, I still am not there to judge what a family decides to do. There are a lot of different ways to make a family work, and if it works for you, then great, but what I'm finding today is so many families are finding it's not working, and that's when I have a conversation with them about, you know, why they're seeking help about something is because they, they're they caught up in something that is causing more pain or is, is, is bleeding money or is... Not working for the children or themselves personally. So, again, you know, it, just because it works for somebody else doesn't mean it's going to work for you, but knowing what your options are are paramount.
1: Well, now, when, when you're choosing a nanny for your family, this is different than daycare. Daycare, you're dropping them off somewhere that um, is certified and, and that kind of thing. But but nannies are going to be in your home, which is actually mm-hmm. a, a more vulnerable, um, you know, because mm-hmm. they're in your space and, and, you know, they have access to everything. But no, no, I'm not saying nannies are thieves, but I just feel like that's more of a vulnerable decision of who's going to be in your home. In your sacred family space. So, how does somebody choose somebody that's right for their family?
2: It's that's the million dollar question, right? I'm like, <laughs> everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, can you do it? Can you? Can you? You know, it really comes down to can you trust another person to take care of your child? Now today's world, over 63% of, ch- of families in America have a nanny. Over 63%. I mean, that's a pretty high statistic, and that keeps rising in line with the employment rate. So as long as there are jobs, as long as there's an economy, you're going to see this number increase. So this is not something that's just trendy. This is this is a part of our culture. This is part of our society. So this is something people all across the country are participating in. So how are they making it work? And there are so many different ways to go about hiring nanny today, whether you're using an agency, whether you're going online and using SitterCity, Care.com, something like that. Both of those sites uh, I was on, actually, when I, when I was looking for work as a nanny, and I loved both. Um, and, you know, you can really find unbelievable, wonderful people, whether or not you are going online or using an agency or using a referral from somebody you know. You can find someone you trust, but I am a huge advocate of nanny camps. Uh, And it's always a little bit controversial as a former nanny to be saying that. But, um, you know, in today's world, I believe it's more important than ever to, you know, trust but verify. And remember, that nanny being in your house, that nanny being with your children, your most precious possessions, in order for you to be able to leave the house, do your job well, or do whatever it is that you need to do when you're leaving the house, you need to have peace of mind. And that's what a nanny cam does For you, Uh, And if that's the right choice for you, then more power to you. Do it. If you don't want to do that, you don't have to either. But if trust is going to be an issue for you and you want to be able to verify what's going on in the home, a nanny cam is a great way to do that. And I also want people to remember that when you have a nanny cam, it's going to be a voice. For infants that can't speak for themselves and also for special needs children that perhaps can't communicate, you have to remember the reason why it's there. And there's a plethora of reasons why having a nanny cam could really help you have that peace of mind and also be able to corroborate stories that you're hearing from the nanny at the Mm -hmm. end of the day.
1: Well, I, I, that's true because your child could tell the story differently or not be able to tell the story. And if you find a, a bruise and they say the child fell down, you want to be able to trust that conversation because kids fall and kids hurt themselves and this happens. And you want to know wh- what's happening. And, and uh, you know, if everything is honest that's going on, there shouldn't be a problem with having a nanny cam
2: exactly it shouldn't you do you want to hope that there's never going to be a problem but i always tell nannies as well that the nanny cam is there to protect them, it's, you know, not just the children, not just the family. Um, you know, there was an instance where a child uh, broke her arm and, the, you know, the, the parents suspected, you know, foul play. And they went back to the nanny cam and saw that the nanny was telling the truth. It was a complete fluke, a complete accident. The nanny was not negligent. Uh, so you, there's a lot of reasons to have one. It's not just to catch the nanny in the act. Uh it it's really to help all parties uh be
1: accountable. Mm-hmm. Um now what is one of the biggest stigmas that you've ever had to deal with as a nanny?
2: <laughs> there are so many. Uh, but I'd say the number one is uh, you can't hire a hot nanny. And I hate hearing people refer to it that way. Hot nanny, hot nanny. But, you know, this idea of the attractiveness of the nanny is, has always been a big stigma, I have um, and I've always said, again, a little controversially, I suppose, that of course you can hire someone that's attractive to take care of your children. What you're actually talking about in this moment is the idea of temptation, and temptation exists no matter what. And I do blame the media for why this has become such a, a such a stereotype or a stigma. Rather, uh, we see it, you know, splashed across the magazines all the time. All these celebrities cheating with their nannies and Jude Law and all these people did that, and all of a sudden it. You know, everyone was like, is this what's really happening? Is this really what's happening? And I'm like, yeah, not really. I mean, it's small town (laughs) Iowa. I don't think you're really seeing this. I mean, the the temptations in, you know, Hollywood are different than, you know, kind of every day. But does it happen? Of course, because the idea of temptation is not just exclusive to Hollywood. So uh, can you hire an attractive nanny? Of course. But your conversation with your spouse needs to be very transparent and very honest about whether or not, You trust the person, you trust your spouse, you trust, you know, the nanny to come into the home and that the nanny's just going to do their job and be there for the children and that there isn't going to be, you know, any hanky-panky going on. I mean, this it sounds like it's a silly conversation for you to have, but you have to, you really do have to have that conversation with your spouse or partner before you hire the person about whether or not you both are comfortable with that hire.
1: You know, this reminds me of the, the Friends episode, I don't know if you remember, where Ross and Rachel hire a male nanny, and, yes! and Ross is threatened, and then they have a hot nanny after that, so they they address all the stigmas for you um, in in this way, you know, having a man in the house and then having a hot nanny in the house, and, you know, the bottom line was they, they were qualified, and uh, but Ross right. and Rachel had to have that conversation, are you comfortable with this person being in the house? right and, I, I, and I'm so glad you brought up Friends because my favorite <laughs> show in the world it still is all these
2: years later I still just love it and it's true you know that 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 episode actually was ahead of its time. Funnily enough, when you look back on it now, your Danny's and having that conversation wasn't as big a deal as it is now. Uh, you know, kind of since this child care explosion, you know, the, the topic of, of such. Um, but you know, they, they, they actually asked all the right questions and, and you're, you're right about how they, they handled it in the episode. That's, that's pretty much how you would handle <laughs> it in your family too.
1: Well, there you go. Friends Friends was a learning show. Um, it should not be on the Learning <laughs> Channel. <laughs> um, exactly. We're gonna, I yeah, We're going to take a quick break. We're talking today with Florence Ann Romano, and she is the Windy City Nanny, and we'll be back shortly.
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
4: Do you ever wonder if you're taking the right vitamins and supplements? What about prescription medicines you may be taking? Is it a dangerous or effective combination? Now you can find out by tuning in to your Daily Dose with host Doreen Doucette. We'll discuss the proper ways that supplements and natural therapies can benefit your health. You'll also hear about the best vitamin brands to use, hear from experts, and more. Listen live Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern Time and 7 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health & Wellness.
5: Be sure to tune in each week. This show will inspire you to be healthy and happy for life, as well as become the best version of yourself. Listen Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Health & Wellness.
6: The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events
1: My co-host Oliver is a seven pound chihuahua cross and he sits through all my shows with great puppy patients. He was super happy when I came home with Carbona Pet Stain and Odor Remover, which is an oxy powered formula with active foam technology and it is engineered to permanently remove pet stains and odor. Carbona is a household brand, they've turned their decades of clean experience into products that get the job done fully, quickly and easily. Although he tries his best, Oliver sometimes does have accidents. I pulled out the Carbona Pet Cleaner, and voila, we were stain-free and clean. It was easy to use, pet-safe, and hassle-free. The built-in 2-in-1 brush top tackles stain at the surface and deep in the carpet fibers. It is now my other best friend. Use code FTTC at Carbona.com to save 20%. Happy cleaning. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Today, we're talking with Florence Ann Romano. She is the Windy City Nanny. So, Florence Ann, um, when you bring a nanny into your home, um, what, how should you talk to them about the rules that you have and the things that you want? I'm sure that nannies have their own idea of how a child should be raised and treated and disciplined. And how do you have that conversation of this is the way we do things?
2: It really has to be it a conversation that starts between you and your spouse or partner before you even hire that nanny. And I always say that the family needs to discuss their family values. You know, you as a parent need to understand where you stand with discipline, with nutrition, with education. You would be surprised how many families do not do this evaluation before they hire a nanny. And then they wonder why they get into trouble with a nanny. It's because they they never took time to figure out what was important to them as parents and as a family. So make sure you do that evaluation first about what you believe, you know, to be the the fibers of your family, and then you're going to look for someone to be an extension of that. Now, the same goes for a nanny on the other side. Before you, you know, you go in and start looking for work. Know what your bottom line is. What are your non-negotiables? You know how do you feel about discipline and nutrition and education and all these things? What are you willing to compromise on? What are aren't you? You know what type of family do you want to work for? Uh, it has to be both sides. You know I think everyone's always concentrating on the side from uh, the. Parents and Of course, that's important, but it's also important that the nanny is doing that evaluation of values, too, for themselves in order to think, you know, and marry these, these, you know, two, you know, very important dynamics um, well together. Um, so that's the first step. And then the second step after, let's say, this all works out, you find a nanny and it all syncs up, and during the first initial couple interviews that you have, it all works, then you bring that person in for a trial period in the home to observe them with your children. And actually, you to see with your own eyes what the energy's like, how your children are um, reacting to them. Uh, you'll pick up on a lot of things during that observational period. But I really do believe that that's an important step to see if it's going to work. Again, there's no guarantee, even if you do that trial period with them, that it's still going to work out in the long run. Uh, But these are the steps that you should take in order to ensure a a higher success rate for yourself.
1: And now, as a nanny going into someone's home, what are the boundaries? What should be okay for you to do? And what should you just um, not do at all? <laughs> well,
2: I mean, I think first and foremost you need to be just, you know, an intelligent person when it comes to, you know, socially the proper decorum and how you should be behaving and your manners and, you know, the language you use, things like that. You know, you want to be a role model for these children. So remember that you want to be your best self in that, in that family. Uh, in terms of the things not to do, you know, you don't have your boyfriend over and, you know, make out on the couch. You know, that's just not going to work. And you don't, you know, do, you know, things, you know, wearing inappropriate clothing. You know, you, sh- you know, if you're required to wear a uniform, then so be it. But, you know, you need to remember that you, again, are working with children. Um, You know, so, you know, those are a couple no's. But uh, when it comes to discipline or when it comes to you know, you interacting with the children, you really don't get to dictate what that's going to look like. That's going to come from the parents. You have to decide, though, whether or not you're comfortable. Let's say the family wants you to spank the children, that they believe in corporal punishment. They want you to be an extension of that, but you are not. Uh, an advocate of corporal punishment, and you just cannot get comfortable with disciplining in that way, that's probably not a family for you to work for if they expect you to discipline the children. Uh, so you've got to consider all of these things before taking the job.
1: Well, yeah, I think that's important because if you, well, you know, it can go either way. If you're into corporal punishment and a family's not, that that's not going to go over well. Or if you just don't want to do that, um, you're going to butt heads. There's going to be a problem. So it needs to be that conversation. Now, your um, your YouTube show, um, it is uh, uh, actually quite informative. I enjoyed a lot of the conversations that you were having with, with moms um. and and families just to talk about some of their concerns, which I think doesn't happen a lot. You know, I've had some conversations on here um, where, you know, people are trying to start those conversations. And, you know, writing books are bringing an awareness to certain things that happen. And, and one thing that you talk about is um, postpartum anxiety and depression. And, um, you know, I can see how a a nanny would have to deal with that and know how to recognize it as well. Because if you're going in and helping a family, you need to know what that means and what it looks like.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When you are dealing with postpartum depression and anxiety like uh, the woman was in, in the web series, I was so happy that she uh, agreed to be on the web series and agreed to uh, bring her story to life because what I ended up finding uh, from the reaction people had to her story, so many moms said to me, She's me. That's what I'm going through. My friends and I talk about this every day about this, you know, our, the, our postpartum and how we're navigating it, the anxiety that can be crippling. And it was really uh, a profound, sobering moment for me to know that this was connecting with people who don't have a voice, you know, to talk about these things or maybe are feeling ashamed about it or maybe feeling lost. They don't have a village that they can turn to to help support them. Uh, You know, all of this, you know, kind of, just solidified why a web series like this is important for families because it does give them an outlet and it gives them a chance to connect to others. Um, and and it, sometimes it grows their village just by the fact that they have people reaching out after that and having a conversation about the things that are going on in their life. And it gives them support. So um, thank you for mentioning that episode because that was definitely one that resonated with, with many people, especially mommy's.
1: Well, I've, I've done a couple shows on on postpartum, and, um, you know, the first one that I did a few years ago, you know, she realized there was no information out there, and um, mm. she she wrote a book describing what it all could look like, and the different, it, you know, it's different for everybody, and, um, you know, just like on your show, the, the lady mentioned that they asked her if she had postpartum, but they didn't explain what it was, so she said no, and got sent home, and, okay. and there was. As in a screening of are you feeling anxious are you able to leave the house you know those kind of things that that she actually couldn't do and and i think that there is a lot of shame in those feelings you're supposed to be happy you have this baby you waited for you know you you should be in love with this baby and you should be enjoying your life and and finger painting and and playing in the park and and the reality is it's it's not always that easy i don't think it ever it's is it's not actually. always that
2: easy no it never is you're right you know it's it's funny I, I heard someone say the other day that like once the baby comes oh my gosh they'll be able to sleep again and they'll be able to get better and I'm like oh my goodness no <laughs> that's not what that's not who what says that <laughs> I'm not gonna I you know I'm not gonna burst her bubble it's her first kid I'm like oh we'll just let her learn you know baptism by fire you know and it is it isn't easy you know I always tell people that you know Kids are not easy. It, it, this is not an easy job at all, and it is a job. You know, when you're thinking about what you're really doing, you know, raising little humans, you know, and, 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 and help molding their their values and their personalities and and you know all sorts of things. This is it's a huge job, and you know the chemistry of your body when all of that happens for a woman. You know, the hormone levels and all of those things that get go into it. It can make you crazy. It can make you feel crazy, and it can make you feel all different things, and, and it's none of it's wrong, and I think that's what what parents need to, to accept today and kind of embrace is that what's going on with them is most likely happening to other people, and they shouldn't be afraid to talk about it and shouldn't be afraid to ask for help. That's one of my big... Um, you know uh, advocacy moments in this in this web series is asking for help and letting love in because you shouldn't have to do it alone and that doesn't mean I'm telling you to go hire the most expensive nanny out there who speaks you know five different languages and all these things I'm not telling you to do that I'm just saying find a village that works for you to help support you through these difficult days, these difficult moments, and, 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 and having a village not just to be there to help you raise your children, but to help you figure out the type of parents you want to be and help you, you know, remember who you are, you know, because you're still you. Even though you become a mom, you become a dad, you're still you, and you can have a, you know, multifaceted, you know, life uh, in terms of, you know, what defines you. Um, but so much changes. So much changes and sometimes you lose yourself in that change.
1: Um, for sure. I think, I think that most moms say that, you know, they kind of lose a bit of their identity because they, their child become, especially if you're at home with them, you know, everything you do is with them and they become this part of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, w- which is okay. I think that's the whole point of having a family is they become part of you and you become part of each other. Um, now it, it can definitely be different if your child has special needs. Um, you you know, you did a show with a, a mother with a child with autism, and, and I've spoken to somebody whose child had uh, Down syndrome, and there was some acceptance on her part, and she went through a grieving period because her child wasn't normal, um, but what, what do you say to parents who are struggling with a child that, that's not the same as other children?
2: I, you know, I have a brother um, with autism, and he's only seventeen months younger than I am. And I watched the struggle um, that my father had um, with you know accepting that Michael had autism. You know, he had waited his whole life to you know have a son, and it wasn't the son he was expecting. And he always would say, you know, I had you know to to love the son I, I had and not the son I wanted. And you know that's hard to hear, you know, that's, that's hard to accept that you have to kind of reconcile that um, within yourself. Um, And you feel bad about that. You feel bad about not being happy with, with the circumstances. And there's a lot of emotions that go into that. You're, you're grieving, like you said, you know, the, the the child you you know, you you were envisioning and the dreams you had for that child. And then you're also dealing with your own emotions about, you know, how to raise a child with special needs and the fear that goes into that, the anxiety, the, the despair, the loneliness. There's a lot. And so the families that are, you know, going through that, I've you know, been there in that journey with my family, but Michael ended up being the, the biggest blessing in the whole wide world for us as a family. I have, I'm the oldest of four. And I always tell people I wouldn't want to know who I, who I would be without him. I wouldn't want to know that Florence Van fan because I think that having Michael in my life has completely changed the person I, I, would have been and the person I am and I'm better for it. I know we, we know we all are better for it. And we look at him as a gift um, to have taught us a lot of lessons that we probably would have never learned without him. So I know that, you know, a Pollyanna kind of, you know, sunny view of of it all. And I'm not saying that there aren't going to be hard days. We still have them, but we do it all with laughter as much as we can. So that's my charge for you parents out there that are going with it is, you know, you be an advocate for your child, have your feelings, of course, grieve what you need to, but then try to find the light, try to find, you know, the positivity in it. And there are this is such a different world today that we live in where so many people are touched, um, you know, in their lives by children with special needs. And there is a large community out there to support you. And there is so much more research and science behind it as well. Um, so, you know, don't feel like you can't reach out. Don't feel like you have to be isolated in it. There are a lot of resources to help you.
1: Like, you know, the, um, I, I love what you said. You know, even if you take aside the the autism, I wonder how many people do wish they struggle with who their child is sometimes because it's not what they expected and and I Mm -hmm. I think that you you know of course you're going to feel shame because you're not accepting your child for who they are whether it's just that they're not as sporty as you want or they're not as academic as you want or whatever they're just not what you expected in your family to have and then you have to look at them for who they are and the gifts that they have and I had a conversation Mm -hmm. about um last year with with Amy Block and her um her whole book was about her daughter who had was born with brain damage and so she wasn't an intellectual and she wasn't an academic and she had more love than anybody else in the family and she taught them all how to do that and you know what a beautiful gift that is and I think that you know we can just look at every child and and see them for for who they are and what they can bring to us instead of the expectations that we had for them.
2: It's so true and children with special needs honestly teach the most important lessons. You know, they, they teach, you know, compassion, they teach kindness, they teach, you know, empathy. You know, you, you, you want to expose typical children to children with special needs because it gives them the opportunity to be kind from the very beginning of their life and that's something kids need to be learning in the sandbox, even without special needs, you know, that aside children should be kind anyway, but you know, special needs children do uh, offer the opportunity for children to see someone right in front of them um, who might be their same age and they're different than they are. And, you know, watching a child, Kind of navigate that and process that is really a beautiful thing because I always say, you know, children learn this stuff when they're younger. Children learn to either be mean or be kind. I don't think that this is something you're born with. Um, So, you know, you as a parent, you as a nanny, a caretaker, you need to take seriously the idea that you need to be introducing these values to these children early on and expecting a certain type of behavior from them in terms of compassion and tolerance.
1: Um, what, that's a, a beautiful message. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're talking today with Florence Ann Romano, and she is the Windy City Nanny, and we'll be back shortly.
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
4: Do you ever wonder if you're taking the right vitamins and supplements? What about prescription medicines you may be taking? Is it a dangerous or effective combination? Now you can find out by tuning in to your Daily Dose with host Doreen Doucette. We'll discuss the proper ways that supplements and natural therapies can benefit your health. You'll also hear about the best vitamin brands to use, hear from experts, and more. Listen live Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern Time and 7 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health and Wellness.
5: There is a difference in health and wellness programs. There can be mainstream programs, and then there is something extra. That something extra is called tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated. With your host, Kristen Harper.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Today, I'm talking with Florence Ann Romano, and she is the Windy City Nanny. Now, Florence Ann, we, we talked about what to do with a you know special needs child, but what does a parent do if, if they're ill, especially if they have a chronic illness? You had a conversation on your show with a lady with with MS, and, and this is a conversation I have with parents a lot in my office because they're going through uh, an illness, and they're not who they they were and and they're struggling with their family what do you recommend that that people do so their children feel still feel loved and,
2: you know, that episode that you're bringing up that we did with Janelle, oh, my gosh, there was, I'll tell you, you know, when I turned and looked at the crew, I, I forgot that they were there. Uh Honestly, when I was talking to her and I looked at the crew and everyone was crying from the, the boom guy, the mic, the producer, everyone was crying during that conversation because she was so real. She was so raw about how. Heartbroken she was that she could not be there for her son the way she was for her daughter when, when she wasn't sick at that time. Uh, and at, during that, you know, uh, episode, we actually did an activity, um, where we wrote, uh, this, a book, um, for Janelle to share with her son, which talked about MS and talked about how he interacted with his mom and it also broached the, uh, the subject matter of MS and explaining what it was because at this time he didn't really know what it was. He knew mom was able to do things, not able to do things, but didn't really understand the reasons why. This is a really powerful moment uh, having that book and reading it with her son uh, to be able to start explaining something that maybe was a little bit of a question mark in his mind and he was starting to put the puzzle pieces together. It was really cool to see um, you know, there's no easy answer. Uh, you know, what I kind of told Janelle, you know, I know you want to be able to be the person you were. You want to do things, but you cannot. You know, you're kind of a prisoner in your own body. The mind is willing, but the body is not. So it's being able to try to find different ways to bond with your child and getting creative about that. And someone who's sick, the last thing in the world they want to sit there and do is try to figure out creative ways to parents. You know, they're trying to just deal with, you know, just getting through every day. So that's why it's important to have a village. I always go back to that, but it's important to know that you're not alone in it and you don't have to do everything by yourself, that it's necessary if not even required for you to bring people in to help. Help you raise that child, help you raise those children, and, you know, be role models for those children in different ways. And maybe be able to do things with your children that you're not able to do. So they do get that experience. They do get to form a bond and, and a relationship with someone that will love them and protect them in their life. But I, the, the first reaction people have to that when I suggest it is, you know, but that's going to make me feel bad. You know, I, mm-hmm. it, you know, that I can't do it, and you know, they're going to be bonding with someone else instead of me. And just like having a nanny, it's not a competition. You would. You know, I hope that anyone would want their child to be surrounded with as much love as they possibly could have in their life. They can't have enough of it. So to be able to give them opportunities to have relationships with other people and learn from other people, that's a magnificent gift. And if you are sick and you can't do all the things you want to do, but you have people in your life that are willing to help you and be there to love you and love your children... Then capitalize on that and let them help you figure out ways for you to be able to bond with your child, too. It's, it's, it's really about the village when it comes to a parent that's sick. It's really about that support that you're getting emotionally, physically. Otherwise, that's what you need to concentrate on is how to make that a robust village, how to make sure you're getting what you need and that your children are getting what they need.
1: Well, and I think a lot of what you said is really important because I know when... Um, when people have a chronic illness they and and i was like this when i was at my sickest with my lyme 10 years ago or over 10 years ago i didn't really want people to know what i was going through i was trying to get through it and it was an exhausting conversation and it made me feel vulnerable and um you know that might be okay with you know the neighbor down the block that you don't talk to very much if you don't want them involved but when your child is in your home they need to understand What's happening, and I and even if you don't explain it, they're going to know something's off, and they're not going to understand. And I know what you know. A lot of children will take that on as something that they have done, and, and because you know you're different, and and it's really important to have that conversation with the people, at least in your home, so everybody knows what you're capable of and what you can do. It's
2: it's very important to be as transparent as you can be, and you know. I, I, my heart goes out to all of you that have, you know, suffered from a chronic illness and have, you know, you know, deal with that on a day to day basis and, and how mentally and physically draining that must be. But, um, you know, for, for the interactions that I've had with those that, you know, do need that extra help, I always say that children are resilient. You know, children, they, they only know what they live. So if they're used to having a ton of people to love them and a ton of people there to have fun with them and do things with them, then they're just going to remember that growing up, that they had so many people there to experience so many different things with. They're not going to sit there and and blame you, resent you for not being the type of mother that they wanted or the type of father that they wanted. You know, children are not... Made that way. That, that's, you know, they're, they're only looking at you for, you know, what you are and they love you with their whole heart and they, they don't, they don't see the illness, you know, they, they just see you. And I think that's
1: a gift in itself as well. Well, and one thing that, that you said was important, I, I think you said this in your show, that, um, you know, the the child is going to learn empathy as well, um, which is mm-hmm. very important at a young age. I mean, we do want to understand what other people are going through. We would do want to know how to to care. I mean, we don't want the child to grow up too quickly, but it, it is important to to have an understanding of someone else's limitations and someone else's pain
2: empathy is huge in in the world always but especially today empathy is huge and if you are given a situation that creates more empathy opportunities then you know fantastic that's only going to make your child uh you know a better human being as they get older so you know again it's, it's taking these challenges in life and trying to find the positive but you know when i was speaking to janelle i said you know You don't have to like it. It's not fair, you know, and and to be able to say that out loud is important that it's not fair and, and having that validated by people as well, that this is not fair and that you, I, I hate that you have to struggle this way. And, you know, sometimes it's just that support that somebody needs. They don't feel alone in it. They, just, You know, everybody in life just wants to feel understood, right? And, you know, someone with a chronic illness wants to be understood too, um, especially if the illness looks invisible, you know, to, to the naked eye, if they can't really feel you know what's going on it's like a person suffering from you know chronic migraines and they're just completely debilitated it's invisible they, you know you, you you can't see what that person's going through other than their face maybe looks like they're in pain but it's you, you don't really see it and that must be maddening for people with chronic illness that they feel like no one sees their struggle but they feel it every day
1: hmm. Now, um, one thing I hear from from parents um, is that they can and you touched on this on one of your shows is, is losing your identity in your children. And, and you talked to someone who was, you know, the kids were going to go to school and she was like, Who am I if they're not here? So how does mm-hmm. somebody get around that process? Lonnie was
2: unbelievable to talk to. I just loved that episode. And it was it was just this unbelievable moment where she just kind of, just, just it just kind of flew out of her mouth saying, I, you know, I don't know who I am anymore. And it just, just all of our hearts, you know, broke. And, you know, the truth is, it, 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 that opportunity she had coming up, an opportunity, she, it, she didn't see it as an opportunity. She was scared to death that her her kids were going to go. And, you know, who was she without them? And that's when we started talking about that. That's an opportunity. This isn't something to be scared of. This is an opportunity for you to get back to who you are. So, I started talking to her about, you know, when you and your husband were first married. What was your life like? And her eyes started to sparkle, and she was like, "Oh, we used to do this, and we lived here." And all of a sudden, you could see that she was getting that part of herself back. She was remembering who that was, and to be able to say, "All right, Lonnie, that's what you can do. You can get." a lot of that person back you know just because you're a mom that doesn't mean everything else goes away there's there's you as mom and there's you as Lonnie and there's you as your you know as the wife to your husband you wear a lot of different hats you have a lot of different roles but this is an exciting (laughs) opportunity for her to take care of herself and to get back to herself and it was really cool to watch the whole evolution of that during the episode.
1: Well, and, and it must be really important to, to find that line because you want, like we said before, your kids are now part of your life and they're part of your family, And um, mm-hmm. but they're going to grow up and they're going to be their own people and you don't want to lose yourself in that. You want to still have your own identity and, and your own dreams and, and doing your own things as well so that you can not only show them what that's like to be your own person, but to also just not lose your identity. So you know, if they go off to college, you're you're still okay. (laughs) Although these kids were going to preschool,
2: (laughs) they're still exactly. I mean, life happens in seasons, right? They say life happens in seasons, and you know, you might not be able to do everything you want at that time. Everything, you know, you can't have everything at once. And yeah, maybe you're not going to be able to concentrate on self-care, you know, because you've got, you know, twins running around and it's kind of impossible at that time to, you know, be concentrated on that. You take, you know, little bits here and there trying to put yourself first or make yourself a priority in some small way. Even if it's that you get, you know, your husband takes those kids so you can go to the bathroom alone for 15 minutes, and that's your self-care for the day. Wonderful. Good for you. You know, it's, it's making little moments, you know, that, parents are just so grateful for as they're raising, you know, tiny, tiny kids. Those little moments mean the world to them. But, you know, that self-care is going to change as time goes on and those children gain more independence. You gain more independence. You grow as they grow. It's a really cool thing. But, you know, trying to define it all and to come up with a plan for it, you know, you really can't do that. You have to see how it is when you're in it and decide what's important to you or what's going to give you some peace or give you some grace or give you some joy, whatever it is in those tiny moments. Don't make it this huge thing like you have to go and have an all day, you know, at the spa, as wonderful as that would be, you know, that's maybe not possible, but where can you find that equivalent to a spa day in your everyday? It's, 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 it's doing that work, you know, kind of creatively and mentally.
1: Mhm. Well, and um you know it just made me think of how you, you can't really plan your your life down to the T when you have children. They're going to change and right. and they're going to throw a wrench in it. So so Thank making you. decisions and then and deciding, you know, this is the kids' lives and then it might not pan out that way. Probably won't. Exactly. <laughs> you,
2: know, kids are, you know, kids are great at ruining your plans. They sure are. You know, they, they really are. But there's a way to make it work if you want to make it work. If it's something that is important to you, you know, I, I always go back to, you know, working moms and dads. They're, again, to that shame. If you, as a mommy, want to work, you shouldn't feel shame over that. The fact that you don't, if you know, it doesn't mean that you don't love your children, but it's important that you work and for your, you know, for for you to define yourself in that way or whatever it is. You should be able to do that just the way a mom who decides to stay home with her children does that as well. It's whatever feeds you, feeds your soul, and you shouldn't feel ashamed if you need to do something outside of the home,
1: outside of your children, in order for you to feel that worth. Um, which is, I think, really important. Now, is there a, a question or something that comes up to you a lot as a nanny that you think is important for people to know?
2: Yes, the, the 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 thing that breaks my heart the most is when parents tell me that they don't they don't want their child to love the nanny too much. Mm -hmm. And I always shake my head and get, you know, just get so sad, you know, with that moment and then want to address it with them. You know, and this goes back to what I said earlier about you want your child to have as much love in their life as possible. And the nanny is not there to be your competition. That's not it at all. You have to look at that nanny like you would a godparent or an aunt or an uncle in the child's life. Wouldn't you want your child to have a good relationship with an aunt or an uncle that loves them and wants to spend time with them or a godparent, that sort of bond? It's the same thing for a nanny. A nanny is there in that same capacity. So if your child cries when you come home and the nanny leaves, okay, That's a moment that's going to sting. But the baby is going to stop crying in, you know, like two minutes, and they're going to be so happy that you're home with them. And all that means is that they love you. And I'll tell you the last thing I'll say about that is when I was a nanny for my my last family, the little girl um, cried when I handed her over to her mother when she got home that night. And my heart sunk because I looked at her mother's face and I was like, "Oh my gosh she's gonna she's just gonna kill her and I said, "Don't worry, you know she loves you and the mom looked at me and said, "It's okay because it's important to me that she loves you and mm-hmm. That is what I hope for all families, is that they can promote that type of relationship between their children and the nannies and not feel competitive about it. There's room for love. I mean, tons of it. Let that love in in a lot of different forms.
1: That that that's a really important point. That you know, if they don't like the nanny, you're gonna have problems as well. Um, and you yeah. know, kids kids just love. So you know, they've got enough to go around, and there's nothing that can compete with their parents and what their parents bring to them. You know, that's a special bond for sure.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. So, um now, if anybody has any questions or anything, how can they get a hold of you or find your um, your show? Sure, you could go to WindyCityNanny.com.
2: There's a whole bunch of information there, and you can also watch um, the episodes there as well. Or you can go directly to YouTube at you know Windy City Nanny. You can watch it there. Um, you can also get my book on my website or any major bookstore, Barnes and Noble, Amazon. I hear you can order it next day on Amazon or even the same day. Sometimes <laughs> I hear it's a really good baby shower gift. So um, that, you know, but I love hearing from everyone on on Instagram as well as Windy City Nanny. Uh, any questions you may have, anything that comes up, I'm always happy um, to get involved and, to you know, be a listening ear.
1: Well, perfect. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. What a pleasure. Today we were talking with Florence Ann Romano and she is the Windy City Nanny. If you want for more information on my story and what I went through to get back to health, you can find that on my website at dr-risk.com. Feel free to follow me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or send me an email at anantacalgary at gmail.com. Uh, thank you so much for listening today. Be sure to make today a great day.